Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. Today we're joined by Russell Nolte and he's a best-selling author and speaker and teaches creatives how to lead a complete and successful life through his teaching academy, The Complete Creative. Hello there, Russell. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. You have many, many talents behind you, but I thought I'm not going to read them all out now because we will ruin the surprise. (laughs) (laughs) So... Could you share with the readers and the listeners and everyone out there your one inspiring story of positive change? Sure. So uh, recently, uh, I, so I make a, my most of my living at conventions. Uh, so I go to things like San Diego Comic Con and Emerald City Comic Con, roughly about 20 or 30 conventions a year. Uh, I'm there live. And these are conventions with at least 50,000, but more like 80,000 to 120,000 people. And uh, over here, I don't know what it's like in the UK, but in uh, over here, we uh, had all of our events canceled basically for the next two months at least, uh, which means that I am uh, out of about 30 to 50% of all of my income if the trends continue. And we don't think there's going to be a convention season over here uh, at all, at least until there's a vaccine. Or at least I don't think there will be a convention season, which means uh, a loss of at least 25%. A good chunk is uh, 30 to 50% of my income uh, at the high end. Uh, so the day that the first convention ended, uh, uh, canceled uh, their their uh, their 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 show, or I guess they technically postponed it to August. Uh, was uh, March sixth of two thousand and twenty, uh, and that day, I decided that I couldn't rest on my laurels. I had to do something, and so I I bought a domain name, and I. I, uh, I I started producing my first virtual conference, and wow. so we uh, we I gathered about uh, twenty five different speakers and creators, people who'd work with my company Wannabe Press, creators who I worked with and admired and just knew would be good on the show, and uh, we produced uh, the following week, so uh, April. Sorry, March 13th, 14th, and 15th, 13 hours of live video streams uh, with 20, over 20 creators. And uh, it was one of the first of these virtual conferences that kicked off uh, after the, the convention season kind of started to fall apart. After that show, uh, the first show canceled, about 10 more canceled the following week. So it was... Uh, it was quite the domino effect, and we were right there out in front of it, uh, and that was a huge pivot for us, and now I have two more planned over the next four weeks, maybe five weeks, uh, between now and the first week in May to kind of try and fill these holes that, are, that, that came about 
from all of these shows canceling. Oh, wow. So you have already been creating these positive changes in these really uncertain times. I'm trying as best as I can to, to, to do something. It's really gratifying to hear people messaging me uh, and thanking me for doing something because they have problems like taking any positive change forward. So it's nice to hear that uh, people have started their own YouTube shows or podcasts or, or just they've had the energy to keep going and doing something in these times when by, you know, looking at the kind of stuff that I'm doing. Uh, which I feel like I'm only doing because stopping would be would make me just like go to a very dark place. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? We can either like wallow in it, and I think it's okay to wallow for a while because it's a little bit disorientating, isn't it? But it is finding you know, some kind of meaning in what's going on. Yeah, there's a. I listen to Happiness Lab. I don't know if you know it. It's a podcast that uh, uh, is run by the the uh teacher of the most popular uh 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 class at Yale which is a class on how to be happy and uh using technical research and data and and so uh I really like that show and she's doing a sort of bonus season on how to you know survive the apocalypse or coronavirus or whatever we're going through uh, here, whatever you call it. And one of the things is to help yourself by helping others. And I found that to at least be helpful. Like at least uh, I don't know what I'm, I don't know how to make this okay, but at least I can try to make it okay for other people on some level. Yeah, I think there's a real beauty, like a collateral beauty going on at the moment where people didn't know the strength they had in them. They didn't know the potential and the skills they had in them. And I think there's been a real sense of people coming together. I I, I agree. You know, uh, I, I'm a writer, so I've written my share of apocalypse stories and watched my <laughs> share of apocalypse stories. And they they tend to devolve into Mad Max style utopia, uh, dystopias. Uh, but what I've been really encouraged by is, you know, the the people are out there really trying to help each other, live streaming their drawings, singing on balconies, and trying to have a connection with each other, uh, which is about the opposite of what people have written about for the past, you know, hundred years. What would happen when you're in this place? I'm actually, uh, I, I'm actually really heartened that we're even doing this because. I never thought that capitalism uh, would be stopped in any way, like that it would that it would ever come to a grinding halt. And the fact that we are all sort of holed up in our houses, uh, trying to protect the most vulnerable among us, is kind of the most utopian thing that we could possibly do. And I'm I'm very heartened by the fact that we've we've kind of uh, sacrificed the economy for the good of humanity, which uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm cynical. I didn't think it would ever, uh, I didn't think anything like that would happen. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I'm not a hippie, I don't think I'm a hippie, but I love what's going on in like the natural world, like how Venice has now got clear waters, how there's less smog and things like that. As if you know, Mother Nature really lost it with us <laughs> for once and for all. We've all been like sent back home to think what we've done. <laughs> And I think, you know, the natural world, I think people are probably surprising themselves. I do worry about mental health. I think some people are going to be really struggling with this isolation. 
but I think there are some beautiful things coming up. I do too. And I, I think that we're going to have to go through a lot of this same struggle if we want to save the world and like actually reduce climate change and have a chance of existing on this planet for longer than 20 years. And it's nice to know that we have the power inside of us to do that. Like we can, we can do this. And if this is what it takes to save the world, like people, people will willingly tank the economy to do that given the right circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. So have you always been creating great changes, all these positive changes in your life? God, no. I, uh, I failed three companies before I turned 30. So uh, uh, when you fail one company, it's kind of, uh, you can kind of blame it on your partner or bad luck. Uh, same thing with a second company. But when you've got three companies that have all sort of uh, failed, then the common denominator is you it really like sets you back to try and figure out what was the common denominator between them I've never been much of an entrepreneur I just keep basically I keep getting fired and instead of looking for other jobs I start starting my own companies again so I keep falling back on the same uh, uh sort of the same conceit throughout my 20s and uh, and when I turned thirty, I I I had this I have this idea, still have this idea that you should be able to do any dumb thing you want in your twenties, like make no <laughs> money, uh, 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 be an artist, like travel the world, do whatever do whatever dumb thing you can afford to do, like hopefully not without getting into a ton of debt. Though I definitely got into a ton of debt in my twenties. Uh, uh, but when you turn thirty. Uh, you know, stuff gets real, stuff gets serious, and you have to take a take a long, hard look at yourself uh, because being the forty year old with uh, 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 scraping by is, is 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 something I didn't I didn't want. I didn't want to keep chasing a dream at the expense of my wife or my family or my mental health or 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 working twenty hour days and barely getting ahead. I didn't want that life for for me. So I, uh, I took the hard thing and was like, fuck, you're just, if you're going to try this again or do something again, like you've got to figure this out. And, uh, I really was determined. I'd done things. I'd done so much stuff in my twenties. I directed movies and TV shows and, and I'd, I'd written and written and produced comic books and, and, uh, and novels. And, and it was, it was a lovely time to uh, to uh, dick around, but <laughs> it didn't really have much direction in it, and so I decided that I needed to I needed to figure it out. I needed to like get a real real job. Like I needed to get a big boy job that like would teach me whatever I didn't know, and I decided the thing. Well, I only had I had no marketable skills, which meant the only thing that I could really do was sales because you don't need marketable skills to do sales really they often are just looking for warm bodies uh to to, <laughs> to to like fill a 
to fill uh, to fill a seat, and then they'll teach you because it's commission based and. Usually the, 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 the money is very low, at, the, uh, at least at the beginning when you're doing sales jobs. Like you, you don't have to be good because if you aren't good, they don't have to pay you. So you, you either like figure it out or flame out. And aside from the training, they are not out that much like money comparatively to if you're hiring someone for other positions. So I, uh, I got a bunch of jobs in sales. Uh, partially because it was the only thing I was qualified for with a degree in broadcast journalism and sociology. Uh, so I, uh, I, I took jobs in sales at a place called Aflac selling insurance. I took jobs at uh, selling advertising and marketing services at a place called Recycler. And I finally, I went, wound up at uh, a Sprint dealership, uh, business to business Sprint dealership. Sprint is a a uh, uh, cell phone company in America, oh, okay. and uh, and that was really my. I sucked at the first two, and I kind of <laughs> I sucked at doing sales at Sprint too. But uh, the 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 I made just enough money to not get fired every month. I didn't make that much money at the other dealership, at the other things. Like I was definitely on the chopping block, and I was not making enough money to survive. But at the Sprint dealership, I was making just enough money that like they didn't fire me until I actually kind of it clicked for me and I, uh, I, I, I became their best salesperson and then a sales manager and then uh, around that time my publishing company was getting up and running uh, with uh, our first book Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter and the following year I went off on my own and I now own a Verizon dealership and a publishing company and a training academy called The Complete Creative. And I do marketing services for authors. And I guess I now run speaking events. Uh, and uh, I'm a speaker across the country. So I've got a bunch of different uh, ways that I make money. And the main one though is through the publishing company and the training academy. But all of that, uh, would not be possible without the many, 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 many failures that I had along the way. And then realizing that if I wanted to make a real go of having a company or even having a life, I would have to like learn how to sell and market myself, which has become the most important part of, 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 of all of the companies that I run. Because if you can't uh, if you can't market yourself, uh, then there's really very little chance for growth. Maybe you'll be that one in a million person that has virality and just gets it by luck. Uh, but you can't plan for luck. So better to plan for what you can control. So I feel like you're just talking to me because I'm absolutely rubbish at promoting myself. I really am. I do think, oh, if you want me, just find me somewhere. And I don't like being visible. That's why I like podcasting and writing a book. I can just hide behind screens. So when you were saying it, I was like, I think I shrunk a little bit. As in, like, I think he's talking to me. <laughs> well, it's not just you. It's many, 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 many people. It's most people don't want to, uh, don't want to sort of be the front and center person for their, their company. Or they don't want to, to be, um, to be the 
person that you don't want to be out there in front of the company. That's usually what I hear is like, I don't want to be like the face of the company. Uh, and I don't want to like push people to, uh, to like come to me. And so uh, does that sound kind of like what you, what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. And then it's just that imposter syndrome. Like when I did my book, it was everyone saying, just publish it. Cause it, you know, you don't write it for you. You write it for everyone else. And it was just a real, really? And I just quite happily run away and just hide. But, you know, it doesn't get anywhere, does it? You do need to do it. But even now, like people say, you should do Facebook Live. It's like, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so there's a couple of things that I can that I can help you with, maybe, to get you over this hump. Uh, so the first one is uh, two questions uh, that, if answered honestly, uh, should help you have a mindset shift. So right. the first is, do you consider yourself a good person? At yes. least, okay, so good. Sometimes people like try to say no at first, but I th I've never had someone actually, when they think about it, say, say, uh, say anything but yes. So uh, that's the right answer. Do you think the thing that you do can, uh, can help change somebody's life for the better, even momentarily, even if it's just forgetting about the ills of the world for a moment? Yes. Okay, so if those two things are true, then as a good person, you are morally obligated to tell everybody that you know about and, and everybody about the thing that you do because you want to change as many lives as possible. It is no longer about selling. It is a moral duty to change the most lives as possible for the better. Now, I like that. That doesn't sound too salesy to me. I quite like that. Yeah, it's it's a mindset shift that's really helpful. It was, was really helpful to me. The the second thing is uh, the idea that uh, that like money is the end goal is really hard for a lot of creators. And so I like to say that money is the byproduct of doing the rest of my business. I don't. None of my metrics are about money. Uh, I've set a goal for myself at the beginning of the year, and. Uh, uh, and then that's basically it. I don't worry about the, that part of it. What I worry about is uh, having the most high-value contacts as possible, uh, having the most quality conversations that I can, meeting the most people, doing the most outreach, and bringing the most people into my audience. And when I do that, the end result is money. Like, If you grow your audience and you're making something for them, then uh, then like money will come out as a part of that, uh, but it is not the goal. Uh, it, obviously, we need money to survive, but creatives have this aversion to money, and uh, I'm really no different. I would give it away if I could, uh, but uh, I do understand that capitalism also exists, and so money is a necessity, uh, but it is always an ancillary thing to what I'm trying to do. The fuel for the car is the audience and the change I'm trying to evoke and having the meaningful conversations. And then the byproduct of that, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the exhaust is money because you need, if you grow your audience the right way, then you are going to be making something for them that they really love, and then they will buy it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. It's really nice and clear. Yeah. 
Yes. So, so don't put money at the things... heart of it. You'd put, you know, what people need that goes back to the mindset, right. doesn't it? So, you know, what do people need? How can we make people's life better? And then the byproduct is that money will come if you're coming from your heart. Exactly. And so you have to, in order for the month, for, for you now, so now you've shifted, you're thinking about the value and changing the most lives. Now, business is really two things. It is the relationship between product and customer. So if you know your customer really, really well, well enough that they will, that you can pick them out of a lineup, that you can talk about them ad nauseum, that you can plan exactly what they want. This is the problem is a lot of people say, uh, what should I be making? And I'm like, I don't know, like <laughs> ask your audience. And then they say, I don't know who my audience is. And I'm like, well, there's your first problem because you can't scale something if you don't know what the audience is or what they want or what they're looking for from you. Yes. Uh, so uh, you really have to get good about uh, the audience, the, like the singular human kind of human. So, so detailed that you can speak to them in your emails and on your, and on your, uh, and on your uh, podcast. And for instance, me, I know who my audience is so well that I am on your podcast, but I'm still talking to them still trying to talk to them. I know that not everyone will respond to the thing that I'm saying, but I know some of them will. It might be you. Uh, it sounds like it might be you, but it might be other people or a specific people in that audience. And I know the words that I need to use. I know the things that I need to talk about. And so that is what, uh, when I go on another person's show or when I go to a show or when I do marketing, I'm really just looking for that human. And it's, I know them so detailed that I can, when I'm writing something, I'm like, oh, this specific human will like this specific thing that I'm doing. And once you know that singular human, you can make singular product for them, or you can make the product that you're making better. And once you know that singular human is going to buy product, you can expand to 10 or 20 or 50. Then it becomes... Uh, just how much money can you pour into the top of the funnel to find the right people? But you, once you know the audience so well, and you have a product for them that is profitable, now all you have to do is keep scaling that over time. And again, uh, you are trying to change lives. So you are, uh, your, your goal is to get them into the funnel the product that you're selling them is the thing that changes their life. You're making it for them specifically to, uh, to, to, um, to enact change in them. And you've made it with their help because you now have the audience. You're, you're asking them what they want. You're molding products for them. There is some sort of, uh, it is kind of magic because you, they say one thing, but what they say is not actually what they want or need sometimes. So you have to kind of figure out what they're saying underneath what they're saying uh, and then sort of uh, and, 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 and design something for them. But once you're designing something for them, then you just go back to them and say, hey, look at this really cool thing that I made for you. Don't you think it's really cool? And if they say, nah, bro, I don't think that's cool. Then you're like, oh, well, I did a bad job designing this product then. How can I fix it so it's more like the thing that you want? But eventually, if you do that enough and you iterate enough, you'll, you'll make a product and they'll be like, how did you know this is exactly the thing that I want? And, uh, 
and you get very good at guessing what they want and knowing what they want before they even say it and delivering products for, for them that they will willingly buy without you having to feel like you're cajoling them because you're not cajoling them. You are giving them a thing that they need. That might be a, a book. It might be a coloring book. It might be a course. It might be a membership community. It, whatever it is, you're now saying, I know you need this product and, and or I know my ideal customer needs this product. And if, if someone goes, yeah, I do need that product, then they'll buy it without friction. And if they say, nah, I'm past that, or that's not for me, then you know they're not in your audience. And if you, if you know someone's in your audience, but like they're still saying no or they're hesitant, then you know you have to switch up your messaging to make it better so that they know it's for them. But again, none of this is about money, right? I haven't talked about money. I've no. talked about customer and product. And then once you have customer and product, it becomes about how to scale that to the most humans possible to enact the most positive change. And, um, and so that's kind of the philosophy that I've worked with. And if you go, finally, if you go to my Facebook page, uh, the, just the, the russellnolte.com, uh, sorry, the facebook.com forward slash russellnolte with my name, you will see, I don't hardly ever post about myself. I don't think I've posted about myself in, aside from the last launch that I did, in months. Uh, I do post in my, on my complete creative and I use myself instructively as, uh, as, as, as a way, as a surrogate for the audience. But, I, it's you, but I'm usually using myself and then get launching into a story on the complete creative that can benefit the audience that I'm reaching. Uh, but if you go to uh, facebook.com forward slash Russell Nolte, what I'm doing is I'm posting things that I think my audience will like. So my audience tends to be uh, gothy girls and boys who grew up to get real jobs or like creative jobs. So like there are people who are now in the workforce, but used to when they were kids read manga and like, and, and like go to like dirty, dirty rock clubs and such. And, and, uh, and they're like authoritative and practical and like caring and, 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 and creative and rebellious and like authoritarian and, and, and anti-authority and like they want to do things their own way and they're very independent spirited. Uh, so those tend to be the qualities. Now, that's not every person. I, I have fans in my audience who are 70 and have lived in a small Scottish village for like their whole lives and never done any of those things. But uh, I tend, those tend to be the people and the people that love mythology and fairy tales and thinking about dark things in my reader audience, at least. So that's what I post. I post uh, uh, memes about like comics, about, uh, about, uh, about like fairy tales and, and reimaginings of, of Disney characters. But even though it's my name, I personally am not the one that's front and center. And you can, once you know your audience and know what they want, you can feed them things that uh, they, they want that aren't specifically you. Because it's not about you, it's about them. And, and when they have a good reaction to you, then you will, uh, then, then uh, they will, they would be more likely to positively 
to think of you positively, but it's not about you being out front center of the brand. It's about you knowing what they want and then feeding that to them. That's brilliant. I really like that. So you've like come through it, haven't you? Because you've gone through all of the companies before you're 30 and things like that. But what about people that are there now? How do you keep going when it all feels absolutely hopeless? What would your key message be? Help others uh, is the best way that you can. If you're, if you're uh, in a business, then shell up and figure out what your audience needs now. Uh, if you are personally uh, affecting, just try and be a beacon for other people. I always say that I don't care if I'm a horrible warning or a great example, as long as I'm one or the other. So um, I tend to lead the way. If you don't feel that way, though, if you are introverted or, 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 uh, or, or uh, just uh, uh, not able to do any of those things, then I think you just have to give yourself a break. Okay. Like this is an unprecedented time. And if you are not productive uh, or, and all you can do is like get your, get your kids and like through the day and uh, all, or all you can do is watch television all day and zone out, then like, I, I, I think we don't give ourselves enough of a break in this world. And, I, and if you can't do either of the other two things, then at least take your own mental health seriously and, and uh, try to put your own oxygen mask on before you put the oxygen mask on of somebody else. Yeah. And that's always quite a hard one, I think, for parents to say, but I do get it like you have to look after yourself, stay well yourself, then you can help others as well. Yeah, like you're, you're no good to other people if you're not good to yourself. I know, like, that sounds horrible. I wish I, I want to say it in a better way. But those <laughs> are the words that came out of my mouth. Um, so I, I'm not a parent. Uh, but my, my wife does work with uh, a lot of parents. And I, uh, I've read a lot because I'm, I'm that kind of human as a writer. I want to learn a lot about it. And like children get a lot from their parents. They get a lot of how they're going to deal with themselves, how they're going to deal with the world. I was just talking with my wife this morning, actually, about she has this weird thing where she wants our dog when we eat breakfast to stay behind like this line. This, 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 this we have like a... Uh, uh, our, our kitchen, our, our dining room is made of wood and our kitchen has, um, has like linoleum on it. And so she has this thing where she really wants the dog to sit in the kitchen behind this line. And I don't understand it. The only way I understand it is I've been to her house and her, her, her dad also told the dog to stay in the kitchen behind this like arbitrary line. And even something that small is something they that that your that that your children will like imbibe from you, and so it is it is beneficial for the long term health of everybody in your household, yourself and your children, if they understand that their mental health matters and that they shouldn't sacrifice everything for the people around them, and that is. Uh, something I see in my friends and people that I work with all the time is they 
is they they their parents were ones who never took their mental their own health seriously whether it's physical or mental and they never got it in their heads that it was important for them to do it for uh for themselves so it's sometimes look we're in emergency times, right? Like sometimes all you can do is subsist. That's all you can do. Like all you can do is be like, look, that sounds great to take a mental health day, Russell, but like I got two kids in school and like they're four and eight and like they don't let me have any time to myself and like my, all of my life is spent just trying to put out one fire after another. So uh, you and your non uh, having kids but can go screw. And like <laughs> I, I get it. Like I like like I understand this is extraordinary times. But I do believe that we model the things the way that we want people to interact with us, and we model for friends and family and children and our nieces and nephews, which I do have, uh, how they should interact with the world, and. Uh, if they see uh, 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 you doing nothing but looking after other people and following other people's needs without taking care of yourself, on some level at least, I do think that it has some effect on the long-term health of everybody around you. And it also shows them how they should treat you. Um, so... Uh, I have done a lot of work on myself, for instance, to try and separate my success from my self-worth. So I, uh, I've been pretty successful in my life. And uh, in doing so, I've tied this, those successes to the fact that I'm a good human. Like I know what I'm talking about because I've had success. And when it comes to having a failure, then you then... Uh, the, the success in the self-worth part's not the bad part. The, but then once you have a failure, that's also tied with your self-worth. And suddenly you are, uh, you're running in a disastrous pace. And I also taught people for a long time in my own life that like to look at my own success as a value of how good a teacher I am. So now I'm, I, I, so last year I went, got to a place where I had, I was, I did not have a good year for the first half of that year. And it made people be like, well, how could a teacher can he be if he's not having success now? And, and, uh, and because that was how I had taught the world to deal with me. So a lot of my last year of my life has been about showing people that I am, uh, that I am, I, I am that there. I am a person who has failed, not a failure, and I am a person who has succeeded, not somebody, not a success. And it's been very hard to show people that I am a different, that a different person, and to treat me differently because I have spent so much of my life coupling those two things together with the people that I know. And uh, I don't know. I'm. That's that's the best I got for for what to do in this time. I hope that it that mumbling made sense. No, I think I think it's beautiful. I really do, and I think I love your insight because I'm a I am a parent to many children. We have four, um, but it is that role modeling, and I love the fact that you made it very clear that you're not a failure. You've just failed at things, and I love that 
I don't think there's any right or wrong, good or bad in the world. I think it's just all experience, but you put it far more succinctly than me, but absolutely loved what you shared with us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. Oh, bless you. So how can people find you out there on social media? You've mentioned Facebook. That's the best place. But um, honestly, the best place to go if you are looking for any of this kind of writing for me is uh, to go to thecompletecreative.com. That's where my podcast, The Complete Creative, lives. That's where all of the the, uh, the, the the musings that I've written for the past basically decade live as well, plus epic blog posts and free courses. If you would like to, so that's like one half of my life. The other half of my life is I'm a writer. And so I'm a USA Today bestselling author. I, I write fantasy, mostly uh, mythological fantasy and fantasy thrillers. Uh, my big universe is called The Godsverse which is a, a big mythological fantasy world where humans fight the fates that the gods gave to them. Uh, so the, the main, the first book is it's all about uh, a woman named Katrina who's fighting against uh, the apocalypse and then the Greek gods and then the Titans. Uh, and then it goes on from there. So, and that you can find at russellnolte.com. Uh, which is just my name spelled out, and that will lead you to my mailing list, which is the best way to find, uh, to follow my work. You get some free books for signing up, but I am also on Twitter and Instagram. Fabulous. Thank you so much for all your tips. I love someone that's just really authentic. They've been there, they've learned the lessons, and then you're helping others. I just love that. And you've helped me as well with my little mindset shift. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad. Bless you. Well, wish you luck with everything, but I don't think you need it. I think you're absolutely excelling. So well done. And thank you for inspiring everyone today. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from shellyfknight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing. <laughs>